It's hard to explain just how big a phenomenon the Muppets were in the 70s. By 1978, in its third season, The Muppet Show was the most popular TV show on Earth, with 235 million people in 106 countries tuning in to watch Jim Henson's creations. I mean, it was unlike anything that had ever been seen before. On today's show, we meet with one of the original Muppeteers, Louise Gold, to find out what it's like being in the middle of the creative explosion that was The Muppet Show. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to light the lights. I mean, it's time to meet your maker. (coughs) Excuse me. Frog in my throat. Meet your maker. With the Muppets being the cultural icons that they are, it's hard to imagine that in the beginning, Jim Henson failed to grab the attention of US TV stations when pitching The Muppet Show. The United States of America needs The Muppet Show, and you should buy this show! Now, we're not pulling any punches here. I mean, there's nothing subtle about this pitch. So buy the show and put it on the air, and we'll all be famous. The Muppets will be famous. It was a British empresario by the name of Lou Grade who approached Henson to produce The Muppet Show in the UK. So that's what they did. An all-American cast of puppeteers relocated to Elstree Studios outside London and began filming season one of The Muppet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's The Muppet Show! Quite oblivious to all of this, Louise Gold was a British actress working in the theatre. Louise had gone to stage school at the age of 11, and now her singing, dancing and acting had led her to perform in musicals all across the country. And then out of the blue, my agent sent me for an audition for The Muppets. Hey, did you know that George the janitor is so cheap that his wallet has an unlisted pocket? Am I too hip for the room? The reason I got an audition was because they were looking for tall women. As simple as that, because Jim Henson and the other Muppeteers were all tall and they built the sets so they could operate the puppets standing up. So they wanted someone tall. I'd sort of heard about it a little bit and went to the audition, not really knowing much about it. put a puppet on my hand and asked me to count to ten, which is basic early puppetry. And then I just kind of fooled around. Up until this point, Louise didn't have any training in puppetry. In a way, at that time, nobody did what they did. So it was really, was I someone that was mad and could fit in personality-wise and had some aptitude with the puppets... One of the things that I realised only recently is it's partly about we're always in very uncomfortable situations, very physically close together, operating a puppet with one or two or even three of us sometimes. And you just have to fit in and be able to be in uncomfortable positions together in the trenches almost. Can you do that? Are you the person that you want to have with their head in your armpit. (laughs) So the audition really is a bit weird. It's, you know, are you talented, but are you someone we can work with that closely? The answer was yes. She got the job. 
was it was strange, but they were all so lovely. And Jim Henson was there and went, Hey ho, Kermit the Frog here. Hey ho, this is Kermit the Frog. And I'm thinking these people are weird. I like them. Of course, joining the cast of a hit TV show was daunting. And it was terrifying. I was 19, 20 when I auditioned. And the first thing they gave me was to sing with myself three-part harmony, Chanson de Mort. And I took it away and I was living at home and I was crying. I can't do this. It's so difficult. And we have to record it on Monday. And I was really worried. I went back and did it and they went, oh my goodness, that's brilliant. None of us could do that. That's amazing. Oh, okay. Well, I can. I just have to throw myself into this. Oh, oh what did they miss? Oh, nothing. They just bombed again. <laughs> Well, I was the only British performer at that point. And really, for the whole thing, it was all American performers. And initially, I was the only woman. You know, I didn't really notice. I just thought it was great, and I kind of fitted in and got on with it. You know, any new job where you come in and people have been working together for years, it's a bit weird. But one of the Muppet performers, Richard Hunt, who sadly died a while ago took me under his wing and really looked after me and made me very welcome. And he kept an eye on me and would help me with the puppeteering. They were like this weird dysfunctional family that you enter into that love each other desperately, but, God, they drive you mad. I just felt very, very quickly part of it all, the madness. Well, one man's poison is another man's bacon. (laughs) The character Louise is probably best known for playing on The Muppet Show is Annie Sue. Here's Jim Henson from a 1981 behind-the-scenes documentary. Louise Gold is our English performer, and she does a character known as Annie Sue Pig, who's been Miss Piggy's rival in a few of the shows. Louise is a great singer and does a lot of our best musical numbers. They gave me the character, and only now, of course, I look back and think, hang on, that was me. I was that little ambitious girl who wanted to be Miss Piggy,
And and all the characters were us, really. If I look at all the characters now, they were all aspects of our soul. So she was me when I was 20, <laughs> wanting to be a big star and, you know, in awe of it all. What was the atmosphere like? Like, it must have been just so much fun. That is the thing that I think any of us who were there remember most. It was really hard work. But Jim led from the top. He worked harder than anybody else. He would have a heavier puppet than anybody else. And he laughed. He loved the people he was working with. He loved their talent. And he enjoyed it so much. He couldn't believe he had this fantastic toy shop full of all his favourite people to work with. He just loved everybody's talent. And we laughed, laughed so much. And it was pretty joyous. I left my knees in your car. The rhyming song, the rhyming song. My laundry's ready at half past nine. The rhyming song. Let's all sing the rhyming song, the rhyming song, the rhyming song. Let's take turns and rhyme together. An episode of The Muppet Show took a week to make. We had the read-through on the Sunday and a bit of rehearsal. Then we would do the voice recording on the Monday. Tuesday would be the guest star day. Liza Manelli, 15 seconds of curtain, Liza. Oh, thank you, Scooter. Every episode of The Muppet Show featured a celebrity guest. Excuse me, Master Luke, but what is this strange world we've come to? Beats me, 3PO. Seems we've landed on some sort of comedy variety show planet. I was in awe. They were all so amazing. And a lot of them were American performers from slightly prior time that I hadn't heard of. And I was, it was an education, you know, working with George Burns and Bob Hope. Of course, I knew who Bob Hope was. But some of these people just huge, huge stars. And Danny Kaye, who had been an absolute hero of mine as a kid, to work with him. And he was one, when they'd been trying to get the Muppet Show going, they'd always gone round and said, we'll have guest stars like Danny Kaye. So when he finally did it, that was a big deal for everyone. I was so embarrassed. I think I was probably quite rude to him at that stage in my life. You know, if I worshipped someone, I was probably... <laughs> Hello, you're Danny Kay, are you? Oh, I suppose you think that's marvellous. Probably said something hideously embarrassing because I was just so in awe of him. When I was a little bitty boy just above the floor We used to go out to Grandma's house every month in the summer. We did Grandma's Feather Bed with John Denver and I just remember this day, we were very much under the set, under this feather bed, with all our arms up through holes, and we were stuck together. And I remember Frank Oz teasing Richard Hunt for the whole time and saying the things that made him stick his fingers in his ears. And just the fun of the family. We're all stuck there underneath this feather bed, laughing and teasing. It was nine feet high, six feet wide, soft as belly chick. 
I went to do another job shortly afterwards and someone said, one of the other actors said, you're very cruel, aren't you? You say very cruel things. And I thought, oh, that was kind of the Muppet humour. We were all ragging each other the whole time, this family, that were very boisterous, but it, but with great love. So people would say terrible things, but you didn't mind at all because it all felt like, as I say, you were respected, you were loved, you were safe. But obviously it didn't translate necessarily to the outside world. On Muppet Show, particularly for the musical numbers, we'd be sitting underneath the set with our arm through a hole. And I do remember one day thinking, come, very quiet, where, where is everyone? And they'd all gone off to lunch and I'd kind of got left with my arm up a hole in the set. <laughs> oh, God. It's gone very quiet. Uh, but but it, 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 you know, it was great. We had a good time. I'm sure there were horrible things, but in my memory all those years ago... It's got a kind of golden glow about it. It was pretty amazing. When you joined, it was already very established, very famous. Did you have any any sense of how, just how big it was? You never do because you're in the studio. You're not out there with an audience. It's not like a live audience where you're getting people responding. I mean, we did the London Palladium, the Royal Variety Show, and then you get the the feeling of how much the audience recognised these characters and how great. And uh, for me then, we would get asked to premieres and parties and you thought, wow, I guess the Muppets are pretty big. But you're doing the job, you know, you're there with everyone in the studio. So you don't really know quite how big it is. This was one of, it wasn't my first job, but it was one of my first jobs. And I feel so lucky to have that as my blueprint for what a working situation can be. Because he was doing something he adored. He so valued the people around him. And you always felt if something wasn't right, he would want it to be better because he knew you could do better. So even when... Okay, try it again. You felt it wasn't a criticism. It was just, I know you can do better, so let's make it the best it can be. And he did, he had David Laser, who was the producer of the show, who was also a lovely, lovely man, but he did the rather unpleasant jobs. So Jim would always back away from anything that was a little bit distasteful and, and have David do it, and then he could sort of give the impression that he didn't know what was... Oh, gee, wow, I didn't know about that. Uh, so I felt he was like this wonderful father figure to all of us, you know, this lovely, hard-working, so hard-working, but with such joy.
During the fifth season of The Muppet Show, Jim Henson, eager to try new things in film and television, decided that it would be the last season. I remember sort of doing read-throughs and thinking, oh, God, it's another exploding beaker or, you know, slight feeling that it was becoming... Because there would always be a plot line, however thin, going through and feeling slightly like things were becoming repeated and where it would go. So I think there was a feeling of it's the right time. Yeah, we were leaving lots of lovely, all the crew at ATV who was so wonderful, but also moving on. And we were going to do Great Muppet Caper and then Dark Crystal. So it was a feeling of moving on and maybe it's time to go to the next thing. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. Jim Henson would go on to create more incredible groundbreaking shows like Fraggle Rock and The Storyteller and films like Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal. Louise would work on many of those projects. Then, on May 16th, 1990... He was only 53 years old and his passing today came as a complete surprise. New York Hospital announced that puppeteer Jim Henson had been admitted early Tuesday with what is described as galloping pneumonia. His condition had been untreated for at least three days, and early this morning at 1.30 Eastern Time, he died. To call Jim Henson a puppeteer comes nowhere near describing his accomplishment or the love, affection, and knowledge that his characters brought to millions throughout the world. Devastating for all of us. I went out, they asked me to go out and sing at his memorial, and it was terrible, but but I do remember going into the church with the other performers when we were rehearsing. And even then, there was tears, but there was also a lot of laughter about the, the terrible black humour, but, you know, love and laughter and tears um, around the service and, you know, Jim's instructions for what he wanted. Do not wear black. Those are the instructions that Jim Henson left in the event of his death for people who are going to be attending his memorial. He wanted a much more festival air to it instead of the samba one. That the workshop had made all these butterflies, foam butterflies on sticks that everyone in the church had and waved. So they were just beautiful things. But it was tragic and devastating. When the mountain touches the valley all the clouds are taught to fly thus our souls will leave this land most peacefully though our minds be filled with questions in our hearts we'll understand when the river we were all there, you know, we were all people who loved Jim and who changed, you know, he changed my life. I'm still, I'm now still working with his, I'm working with his daughters at the moment doing a project. You know, it's changed my life and all those people there owed so much to Jim. And for Jerry and I to sing that song, I love Jerry Nelson was also dear darling friend of mine and sing that song with him as a tribute was very special meant meant something to both of us i know 
Patience, my brothers, and patience, my son, in that sweet and final hour, truth and justice will be done. Like a baby, when it is sleeping in its loving mother's arms, what a newborn baby dreams. A few months later, the Muppets appeared on television to celebrate their creator, and in a touching moment at the end, as all of the Muppets are singing, Kermit, who has been absent for the entire show, walks in. What a good song. I knew you guys could do the tribute for Jim. Really okay? It was terrific. You guys were great. But um, do you have something silly to end with? Silly? Do we have something silly? Oh yeah! You're the production number. Fly with it! Yeah! Well, that just about brings us down to the end of another one. But before we go. Let me thank you for being with us for our tribute to Jim Henson. And we'll be seeing you soon with more Muppet stuff because that's the way the boss would want it. Well, the original Muppet Show characters, of course, have changed because, as I said to you, they were all aspects of the people who originally performed them. Dave Golds is the only one still doing his original characters, Gonzo, Bunsen Honeydew, all his various characters. And they are aspects of his soul. They are so close to him. And the new performers are wonderful. They're better puppeteers than the original ones were. You know, they're genius puppeteers. They are not part of their soul. They're, they're really, really good, but it is different. But they're new characters. The show I'm doing at the moment has evolved from Jim's work. You know, I've, I did a show called The Furchester Hotel, which was some of the Sesame Street characters, but new characters. And so it's evolving all the time. And I talked about this with those of us who work with Jim, that we feel we're, there's some flame we're carrying and can pass on, which is his love and spirit. And it will never be the same. But it will be different, and different is good too. Meet Your Maker is produced and hosted by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. 
If you enjoyed the show, please recommend it to a friend or leave a review like these guys did. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away.